How many of you love those uh, that this one time in the service where we sing those great Christmas songs? Yeah, me too. They're awesome. Uh, somebody was spending some time in the Word when they wrote those. Praise the Lord. And uh, before we leave this morning, uh, we have some special things that are going to be happening today. Before we leave, we're going to come together. We're going to close out our time and sing, Oh, come all ye faithful, and just lift it up and magnify the Lord and go out with joy. I want to share with you a little bit of an <clears throat> exhortation out of Isaiah chapter 9. Verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Well, everything that Jesus is, he's wonderful, he's our Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, all of it is being offered to you today as God's gift of love. Think about it. Ask yourself, do I need what Jesus is? If you need something wonderful in your life today, Jesus is all the possibilities of God's love offered to you in him Every dead end now has a way out. Hopelessness is ransacked. And every person has a right to believe that God loves them. If you need a counselor, Jesus doesn't just point you to the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Come down from heaven to walk with you. And in Revelation, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will have fellowship and supper with them and they with me. Now, every human conflict is a battle in the war between light and dark, lies and truth. But Jesus, the mighty God, he is king of that battlefield. The psalmist said, Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? But the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. What kind of battle are we talking about? Jesus will fill you with victory when you bring him into your struggles. Do you need an everlasting father? One who will come and get you when you're in trouble and never leave you? God is the father of humanity. Man is his signature upon creation. And though man ran away, Jesus is the father's love. Come to lead you back home. Your deepest need is for Papa's love. You're mediocre without him. Lost when you're separated from him and irritable but you're at your best when you're with him. Do you need a peace that the world isn't giving you? Man is fighting a weary battle that he cannot win because he's at war with his own sin. 
fighting symptoms he can't overcome for a peace that he can't attain. But Jesus is the prince of that peace that could only be won for you at Calvary's cross. And he said in John's gospel, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, I give unto you, but let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have three precious souls that are going to open their heart today and share with you about God's transforming gift in Jesus Christ. The impact that he's had upon millions, he's had upon their lives and upon ours. And these are, these are people that are dear to us. The Lord is working great and mightily in their life. But they're common people, just like you and I, whose lives have been touched by the supernatural, super loving, uncommon, almighty God. John said in 1 John 4 and 4, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And before Antonio, who is our first to share this morning, comes up, I want to remind you how that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's funny how that when you get saved, God doesn't turn you into an angel. He doesn't change that earthen vessel into a flawless perfection. He allows it to remain as it is. And though we struggle in our relationship with Him, all glory to Jesus, because we see within ourselves and the world sees in us God's wonderful love that even though we're imperfect, He is not only loving us, but He's working in our lives. And so, Antonio, if you would come we're excited. We're blessed to have you as part of our church. You are a treasure, a true treasure to us. And we're looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about the Lord this morning. Amen. Good morning. There's freedom in the name of Jesus, isn't there? When I sing songs that make me think of the freedom that he gives me, it fills me with so much joy. And so that's kind of what I wanted to share today, the freedom and the leadership that Jesus provides. I have a kind of a weird verse I want to read out, out of for a Christmas service, but I'm in Exodus chapter 1. It says, Then a king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. So he put slave masters over Israel to oppress them with forced labor. And through them, he built cities for himself. He made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. Freedom is kind of an interesting concept for me because we were born under Satan's tyranny. But even now as redeemed people, we have been purchased and we're owned by Jesus. But being owned by Satan and being owned by the Savior, two completely different experiences. Amen? What Satan, he used us and he abused us while Jesus, our, our Savior, he wraps his arms around us tenderly. He is the true and he is the ancient king. Satan enforced us with harsh labor 
and he put it over our lives, but in contrast, the Savior makes the following invitation in Matthew. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. One forced his rule over our lives, while the other stands with his hand open, extended, freely, offering you a new life. We had gone astray, and we were under Satan's power. And he used the law to establish judgment on our lives. But grace and truth are realized in Christ Jesus. He, Satan was born to kill. He was born to steal. He was born to destroy. But Emmanuel was born so that men no more may die. He was born to raise the sons of earth and born to give a second birth. It almost sounded like I was singing there a little bit. It's my hope that in my life that I inspire people who are lost and hurting to know that there's another way, that there's a better way. Jesus gave us a parable of two houses. One was built on sand and one was built on a rock. The storm came and tested both of them. One had collapsed and one was still standing at the end. That tells me that nobody goes through life without facing the wind, without facing the trial. But if I build my, if I stand on that rock, if I build my life on that rock, Jesus, I know I'm still going to be standing at the end. I'll never forget that feeling that I had when I truly saw Jesus as my Savior for the first time. I was probably floating for a few days because I felt this weight of sin completely removed, a weight that I didn't know I was carrying. It was like a pain that you have for a long time and it's dull and it just, you don't even think about it anymore. It almost goes away, but I was carrying the weight of my sin. And when Jesus came, I was freed from that. And what a feeling that was. In that moment, there was a place reserved for shame in my heart and had been, in a moment, completely wiped away and replaced with acceptance. And immediately, without reading the Bible, without knowing anything, I knew I was part of a holy family. And I thank God for that. Whoever makes room for him in his heart, to them he gives them the right to be children of God. And he opens wide his heavenly home to them. Thank you, Jesus. I'm most thankful for freedom. I'm thankful for being transferred from a kingdom where I was a slave and nothing more. And I've been transferred to a kingdom where I'm now a son. Thank you, God. I'm thankful that the path of misery has been closed now open to the path of peace. I'm thankful that no matter how dark a situation goes, no matter how impossible it seems, that even though things are impossible with men, nothing is impossible with God. I'm thankful that the child was given to us, and I'm thankful that the mighty God broke those heavy chains that I was not able to break myself. And not least of all, I'm thankful that God is with us. Amen blessings to you. Merry Christmas. Thanksgiving is certainly one of the most powerful weapons we have against the enemy. The devil can't shut you down if you walk in Thanksgiving, can he? Praise the Lord. 
Well, Becky's going to come and share. I'm excited. She is such a treasure in the kingdom of God, as she's a treasure to our church. And I just, Becky, come and just share with us whatever the Lord's put on your heart. We are eager to, uh, we're eager to hear. Praise the Lord. I hope you guys don't mind. I'm going to stand up here because I need something to hold on to. <laughs> Works better for me that way. Um, my name is Becky McDonough. Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to share, well, it's odd. Antonio, thank you, because actually that's my testimony. Um, freedom. Um, the minute you said that, freedom in the name, I was like, okay, Lord, well, I, I hear you. Uh, I grew up in a family of nine children. I was number nine. And years ago, my two sweet daughters, when they were very young, um, found out that I didn't have a middle name. And it was very um, disturbing to them for some reason. I never thought about it. I thought, hey, I'm the ninth of nine kids. I'm glad I got a name and not a number. <laughs> So, but that didn't satisfy them. They were, they were quite upset by this, and they went, on, they went about trying to find a new middle name for their mother. None of them stuck, thankfully. Um, at the time, I thought it was weird. I thought it was very strange that this bothered my little girl so much. And then I remembered, I started thinking that names are powerful. Names that we are called, names that we call others, or things we believe about ourselves. They can do a lot of damage. It can alter our identity, our belief of who we are. Well, I grew up in a house. Um, I did have eight siblings, but my earliest recollections are with my three brothers in the succession of our ages. My older siblings had been um, either married or had already left the house. and. Um, there were things that went on in our house that nobody spoke about. Um, terrible things, things that the details aren't um, needed to be told, but I will tell you that to this day, we still struggle with them. My siblings can't talk about them, and me talking about them has led to an unrest and upset, except for me. I've become free. Well, like I said, the details aren't important, but suffice it to say that we were all left with a completely corrupted view of life, relationships, love, sex, and self-worth. I lived my life in fear and shame. I learned to self-medicate while I was still in grade school. And by junior high, I was doing drugs in school. I thought I was broken beyond compare, beyond repair. Worthless, stupid, disposable, mistake, used, unwanted, and undesirable. This is who I believed I was. This was my identity. My mom once told me that out of all of her nine kids, of whom there are three fathers, that I was her only mistake. Well, I continued to live for years in self-destructive ways. I followed patterns of abuse that were perpetuated on me since early childhood. Multiple relationships, drugs, alcohol, and binge eating were how I coped with life. I would do anything to not feel anything. I once told my husband that I should have been one of the episodes of the show Intervention. <laughs> but I was free. 
Anyway, through a crazy series of events, and it is really crazy, I would come face to face with the love of Christ and He would begin to change everything. John 8 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. <laughs> and also, if the Son sets you free, you are free, indeed. Well, He showed me that I was free, that He had freed me from my past, from my parents, from my siblings, from shame, from fear, guilt. He freed me from the pain and abuse and the belief that I was nothing. I was free. I just didn't know it yet. Well, He continues to free me. He frees me from unforgiveness, from bitterness, from judgment, from comparison, from discontent, loneliness. The list goes on and on. You see, His gift to me was not only salvation, but freedom. And this continues. Now the work that I have to do is work at staying free. Galatians 5.1, which is, has been my life verse for years and years, says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Because the truth is, that's just where Satan wants us. He wants us believing that we are bound when we are not. And it's work. It is work. I still struggle with some of these things, but though I struggle, I know now that I will not be defeated. I want to help others become free, or to see that they are already free. You know, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he told those at the tombstone to remove the stone and then to remove his death clothes. This is what he says. The man who had died came out his hands and feet were bound with linen strips, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. He wants us to help each other become free, and we have to be unbound before we can be free. Amen. I've witnessed this in my own life. Sometimes this help in freedom, removing these death clothes, Sometimes it comes as a soft whisper and a gentle tug that allows us to see something we've missed. Thanks, Kathy. Other times it comes like a wrench to the throat that's probably gonna leave a mark. Thanks again, Kathy. <laughs> but if we're open to the truth, that's where the healing begins. That's the goods, and freedom is everything. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, I've joined a running team um, this year, which not many of you know, but I had a severe uh, knee injury two years ago and it totally wiped out the ability to run. Well, I'm running this uh, in... February of next year, I'm running the Gasparilla. I've joined a team called Team Freedom. We're raising money for human trafficking, which, hello, Layla. Um, anyway, it's a God thing. Their motto is, we're running for those who are not free to run yet. So you may know me as Becky McDonough, but my, my real name, my true identity is free. Thank you. It was said, <clears throat> it's been said many times, you cannot defeat a testimony because it's the truth embodied in lives that, that the Lord has taken his precious blood and rewritten 
He's rewritten the code of our life. He's rewritten our past. And he has rewritten our future. It's called being a new species or a new creation in Christ. I love hearing these testimonies. Hallelujah. And I am excited uh, for the next person who's going to get up and share with us this final testimony this morning. Lisa Spann and, and her lovely husband, Marty. have been treasures to this church for many years, have been um, uh, resources, help, encouragement, lifelines to many of us, to me, certainly, and to many of you as well. You don't always know a person, though you might have a relationship with them that goes back over the years, but we, we don't always talk about, particularly the things that are in the rearview mirror, we don't bring them up, but it's appropriate from time to time because it is part of what God has done in our life when we look at where he's brought us from. We can see how the Lord can do it in our life. If he can do it in her, he can do that in me. And the courage, sometimes we see people like Becky, and we think, well, just, she's just so positive and just forward uh, in life. And you would never guess the tragedies that were once the norm in that person's life. It's a great, great thing to know the Lord that way. Um, Lisa is uh, going to come. And Lisa, if you'll come now. And share with us this morning. And so just continue to keep your heart open and let the Lord speak through to you through what she's going to be sharing with us this morning. Good morning, dear. Good to see you. Thanks. Well, I'm always a little nervous because I love to talk, but I don't love to public speak. But that's okay because God, I keep rereading, and I've probably rewrote this three or four different times, but I keep thinking about what Nick asked me. And he asked me how the gift of Christ impacted me. And he asked me of how Christ's gift enabled us to bless others. And when I think about my future, and a lot of you do know my testimony, but I just want to share a little glimpse because I want you to know what I'm so thankful for this Christmas. And the gift that's changed my life is Jesus. And I was born to a single mom. I have six half-brothers, but my mom didn't think she was having a baby. She thought she was going through menopause. My mom was not ready to be a mom again. She lived in bars and with lots of men. And I look back at that time, and not that I'm dwelling on that, but I know that God had a plan through that whole time when I was a child of protecting me, keeping me safe no matter what happened. Um, she was kind of like that country song. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. And she never really found it, which was sad, until she found Jesus, praise the Lord, which Trey did get to lead her to the Lord before she passed away. But it was a very unstabling time, and I praise God she met this wonderful man at the end of my teenage years. We lived in Gulfport. We had an upgrade. We moved to Pinellas Park. <laughs> but that was God's plan. I met wonderful neighbors. We, her daughter, their daughter was the same age as I. We had a great time until we got in trouble one weekend, and they instantly found a church the next weekend and took us and told us we needed Jesus. <laughs> 
But that was a great thing. It was the most wonderful thing, a caring, loving, anointed youth pastor and his wife who poured into us, who taught us about Jesus. We don't say it as much anymore, but they truly discipled me. They taught me how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to press in, and they made me want to love the Lord. They made me, we were servants. They taught us how to be servants, to witness, to be bold for the Lord. Um, I remember meeting Martin in my later teenage years, and he was not saved. He was working on the church that we went to, and he told his brother that day, he's like, I'm going to date that girl, and he goes, oh, no, you're not. That's a church girl. She won't have anything to do with you, and um, Martin got saved at that church. God had such an anointing, uh, how he got saved, of being around other men who love the Lord and hearing their testimony. Martin would walk around with a Walkman on and never turn it on. But God had a plan. When I look back at that, of how Martin listened to everything these pastors said, and he saw real men who loved Jesus, which made him want that. We were very involved with the youth there, but we went to a spirit-filled Bible study. And I remember how we were so much longing for more. It was a very Methodist, it was a Westland church, it was the Westland way. Martin and I would come in and ask questions about, why don't we speak in tongues? And I remember the pastor just pretty much kicked us out of the office. And not soon after that, most of you know, Martin's mom brought us this wonderful article about this new pastor and his new church, and it was Nick Champlin. And we were ready to go. And uh, that Sunday, Giselle greeted us. And I'll still not forget the banner where it says, enter to worship, exit to serve. And that, if I have to say, is Martin and I's testimony of where God has taken us and where he has brought us through. We, I worked for the post office, if most of you didn't know, and I met this amazing woman. And she kept coming out and bringing me little Debbie treats. And I was like, okay, well, we got talking, and she fed the homeless, and they were all donated to her. And she says, you and your husband come out. Well, Martin's like, okay, let's check this out. We had done the homeless before in the other church. He dressed like a street guy. He sat at Coachman Park, and he waited for these men to see if they'd minister to him. And they were genuine and true. Pastor Nick bought in with it. We moved the street ministry here. And God taught us so much. I remember Martin coming home and saying, I was praying for this guy tonight, and he threw up everywhere. It's like the demons just rolled right out of him. And he's like, but it prepared him. And we are a team, very much a team. And through that whole thing, we were here about seven years until the city of Clearwater shut us down. But praise God, a church came in who had a food truck, and they, they took them, the homeless. And uh, we had a discipleship center called the Hope Center, where people were brought in off the street, out of jail, discipled, lives were changed. And that was a season that we went through. That was a gift that God kept teaching us to serve and to serve others. Pastor Nick came to us and asked us to take over the youth. And we had three little kids, and but God just prevailed. You know, they're sitting in the ministry here. Layla, Marissa, Jacob. We've had Olivia at our home for the last day and night. And to hear what God's doing and see what God's doing in all their lives, to think how we packed 20 kids in a single wide trailer in Homosassa. <laughs> And Martin would make these lessons out of picking sand spurs and have you guys out in the rain. And he would just bring it back to Jesus of how real the Lord was and how much we just wanted to pour into these kids. 
to be there for them to show up at their soccer games or their um, plays at school or at their house when they were having problems or opening our door and they just stayed with us you know but God brought us through that season and of ministry I've got to remember where I was going next sorry We've been blessed, and the Lord has called us. In this past, uh, taking on, we've started a women's fellowship here. I feel like in this last year, Kathy has challenged me and all of us to be praying and interceding. And my prayer life this year has changed so much because there's a lot of things we can't physically change people, but the Lord can change them. And he's brought us to our knees with praying and interceding and saying, okay, Lord, I don't see it, but I know it's coming. And I shared this testimony with Pastor Nick. And lately we've traveled a lot. This is Maddie's senior year and uh, volleyball is now over. But one of the last weekends, I'll never forget, Marissa is our main babysitter uh, and we have this younger girl, and she's our neighbor, and she called me, and she says, Lisa, you're, you're not going to believe this, but there's a tornado warning and a watch, and I don't know what to do with Austin, and we were like, uh, okay, put him in the laundry room, grab his iPad, you know, but that tornado touched down two blocks from our house, and when you think about that day, I could not get off my knees for praying that God protected him, God protected her, Bob, God protected Mary three doors down. To me, that's when you see the answer to prayer. Like Nick said, it doesn't have to be this miraculous testimony, but it's the little things that we're staying faithful on and we're praying, faith believing that God's going to heal, that he's going to change our lives. And I just, that gift to me this year as I think about Christmas is Lord, point us in the direction of where you want us to serve. Point us where you want us to make a difference. So, thank you, Jesus. Hold on, my husband's coming. So, yeah, we're a team, and yes, I had to read her four previous ones that she wrote. And I can tell you what she just said was not on that sheet, right? Um, but I wanted to just sum it up this way because I, I really believe this. And we've lived a life this way. You know, we all know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, he gave, right? And what we used to teach is God's love gives. Okay, so let me just remind you of that here at this season. God's love gives, right? And he didn't come to be served, but to serve, right? So I would challenge you with this. You know, as, as we're doing the testimonies and we're talking about this, who can you give to today? We were given a gift, and that gift is Jesus Christ, and that gift gives us everything we need for life and life more abundantly, right? How are we sharing it? How are you investing and giving and showing that love that God gave you you know, as a church body, we've been, Pastor Nick's been preaching and, and talking to us about the body of Christ. And as I look around, everyone in here has a role. Everyone in here has something to give, something to invest. You know, we've been blessed by giving. We weren't blessed by just receiving. Yes, it's a blessing to receive, right? But it's much more of a tremendous blessing to give. 
If you follow what God did, his love gives. So I would encourage you, think about that, right? And, and don't allow yourself to say, well, I already do this, so I'm doing something. Okay? What more can you do? What is God calling you to do? Don't shut the door just on your human because you're doing something. But open it up and what does God want you to do? Be courageous. Listen, my wife did not want to get up here and speak. I laughed at her. Oh, she got so mad at me. She was very mad at me. She went up the stairs saying words that I couldn't understand, and that's okay. I'm glad I didn't understand them, right? But that's not her normal to be up here. She's behind the scenes doing all the work, and I would get to FaceTime, right? But she gave us something that was difficult for her. And it helps her to grow. So I would encourage you, open your minds to that. Open your minds to what God's love has given you. But then be willing. Be willing to be stretched. And keep a focus on the fact that he didn't come to be served. He came for us to serve us. Okay? And see if you can help with that example as we move forward. Thank you, Mary. I want to say thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone and opening your heart and speaking today. I don't think it's um, too extreme to use the word hate. Sometimes I feel like I hate the ritual of church. I love church. I love the presence of God. But we fall into these rituals that turn relationship into religion. And I hate that when that happens. It's, it's, it is the thief robbing from us but this morning to have these lives get up and speak from a place of realness and truth that's what God is looking for praise the Lord and thank you Marty for just spontaneously coming up and encouraging and and speaking to us about not being in the rut where you say well this is my job that God's given me I love that Jesus pulls us out of our job to to cross the street where we haven't crossed, to confront and talk with people and to share his love. And I love each and every one of you, and I think my love for you has just increased a little bit today, just having our time to share and to worship the Lord together, and especially those of you that have opened your heart and shared. To the rest of you, many of you have gotten up and shared testimony, and if you haven't, we're coming for you. Your time will come. Hallelujah. Well, it has come time for our altar call. And I have nothing but Jesus to offer because that is what heaven has offered. And we could see through these testimonies why. Why we offer Jesus. There's no better advocate for the needs of mankind than Jesus himself. There's no better advice than his word. There's no purpose more fulfilling than his mission. There's no pursuit more rewarding than his will. No self-awareness more liberating than his love for you. His truth liberates hopeless captives. His wisdom dwarfs the foolishness of intellectuals. His purposes lift common people 
to noble heights. His presence dissolves bonds and afflictions. His commands lift his followers far beyond their abilities. He loves you in spite of you. He forgives you when it's your fault, calls you back when you run away, and helps you when there's nobody else who can help you. You know, if the wisest philosophers and greatest authors of all time collaborated to create the story of the perfect man, they could not create the Jesus of the Bible because his character is far above what our imaginations can conceive. So this morning, for all the broken and lost, for all the humbled and the seeking, we offer you he whom heaven has sent. He who calmed the storms, raised the dead, forgave the harlot, healed the blind, and who gives an opportunity now of new life to all those who seek him. We give you Jesus. Hallelujah. The true gift of life, not just in the season, but always and forever. Would you stand with me this morning? We can never really know where everybody is at, and it's a mistake. So this morning, and I'd like the musicians to come, and you can unmute Professor's keyboard. Um, because of it, the Lord is, as the Bible says, the bishop of our souls. He is the searcher. He's the shepherd and the leader. So I'm going to put you in his hands as we pray this prayer this morning concerning what your need is. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. What do you need today? Do you need a savior, healer, deliverer, a counselor, a father who will chase you and call you back when you run away? Some of you may have come into this house today, but you've been running away, and the Lord is calling you back. Let's pray. Father in heaven, your son Jesus, we know who he is. He's you. Come into the world to be the son of man so that we can receive you into our hearts through him. And now the Holy Spirit is in this house. In fact, he is here right now, and you are with us. Lord Jesus, our hearts tremble at your presence. But we need you. We need to fearlessly turn to you. If sin has been used by the devil to bind us, if fear has shut us down, if rebellion has turned us away, or if just the common cycle of religious duty has drawn us down into a, a rut of a habit, we need Jesus. We need you now. With your hand over your own heart this morning, you're in touch with your need. Holy Spirit, show us what we need the most because Jesus is the one who solves and helps and delivers. 
if you don't know him, if this morning you've never truly received him as your Lord and Savior, and perhaps you have been in several church services, but you've never really surrendered, this is your moment. I truly believe it this morning. This is somebody's moment to say yes from the heart and truly mean it, to come out from some of those things that you've heard spoken about today. And I call you out in the name of Jesus. Right now, let your heart be open to the Lord and pray this prayer with me. Father God, I ask you to pour your grace out upon me now. I acknowledge Jesus as the Most High God. He is you coming into my life. Be my Savior. Forgive me. Bring new life. I ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit so that my beliefs may become living faith as you take up your position in my heart. Be enthroned, King of my life, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah.